like you got me tonight. I gotta get all kitted up. I'm preaching from a tablet these days. Since I got my eyes done, I can um, see a lot better long vision, but reading can be a bit of a challenge. So I thought to myself, do I have notes on, off, on, off, on, off, like some preachers you see? And they get used to it, but that drives me crazy. So I'm going to do my best to read with these, or read from the Bible, because that's the important thing. That's why we're here tonight. We're going to start in, in the book of Luke, chapter 8. <clears throat> going to read some verses, and then we're going to read one verse in James as well. But we'll start in Luke 8. That's the longest part of the, of the starting passage. Luke 8, verse 4 to 15. It's a very well-known passage. It says, And when much people were gathered together and were come to him out of, of every city, he spake by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down, and the fowls of the air devoured it. And some fell upon a rock, and as soon as it was sprung up, it withered away, because it lacked moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground and sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples asked him, saying, What might this parable be? And he said, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they, they might not see, and hearing they might, they might not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that, they that hear. Then cometh the devil, and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. And that which fell among thorns are they which, when they have gathered, go forth, and are choked with cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to perfection. But that on the good ground are they which, in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. I don't want, don't want to read James chapter 1 and verse 21. The Bible says here, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. I'm going to pray and ask God to help us tonight and then we'll get into it. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we're thankful, Lord, for church and being open on a Sunday night. Thank you for everyone that's come out. I pray that, Lord, your word will be a help and a blessing and encouragement. And as we just look at some simple truths, may, uh, Lord, you help me to deliver it in a way that is easy to understand. And we commit it to you and ask for your help and blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. If we were to survey every person in churches around, around the country today, why they are attending church, I'm sure we would be given quite a number of answers. You might get some people that will say that 
in their church, there's an abundance of ministries. Something for everyone in the family. That sounds good. Somebody might say their church is, is a vibrant and, and a happening place that is modern and up-to-date with the world. Sounds, you know, their, their thought sounds, you know, interesting. Someone might say, the music is fully sick and totally groovy. Now, I think I've kind of combined two different eras there. And, and, uh, I, and, and they might say, I can really get with it at, at church. You might get some that just say, I just love it when the spirit takes over and then, and, then, and then there's a lot of action that takes place in church. And then someone might just say, everyone is just so friendly and I have plenty of friends there. Now, everyone has a whole range of reasons why they come to church. Now, I say a lot of those things in jest a little bit and some, some of them sound okay, some of them are a little bit way off. But the church, the reason why we should come to church is to hear the Word of God. The Word of God is the thing that should never compromise. I have heard people that have visited our church and, 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 and they said the one thing that, that got to them and the reason why they stayed in church is because the Word of God was preached. There wasn't all the fanfare. You know, we have music, we have a, an orchestra that plays well, we have um, a, an abundance of different in, instruments that I think that does honour God. The choir tries to sing with a, with a heart for God. We, we, we don't try and do it for a show or for entertainment. The items, I know we work on hard um, to get our parts right and to deliver it in a way that pleases God. But the main focus of church should be the Word of God. And I'm thankful for, for the church here that uh, for the 20-odd years that I've been coming here, the Word of God has been paramount and has been the thing that is, is preached and is the focal point of our church. Now, in the two references that I read from, it talks about the word of God needing to be received into the heart for it to, for it to take full effect. Um, in Luke chapter 8, it's described as seed that first needs to be sown by a sower and then received and believed by the receiver to have its full intended effect. And in James 1.21, it uses the term to receive the, the engrafted word, which literally means to be implanted or gives us the same picture as, uh, of a seed that the word of God being implanted into the soil of our heart and its intended outcome of salvation, uh, its intended outcome is the salvation of the soul. The word of God needs to be the main reason that you're in church today. If you're only here just to see your friends, that may be great and, and you might have a laugh and you might have a joke, but you'll leave the same way that you came in. The Word of God needs to be the reason why you're here today. All other subsidiaries go to make often the church experience more effective when we hear music, when we get to sing, when we do get to fellowship, when we do get to have a cup of, when we do ha get to have a cup of coffee. That's all good and well, and, and, and I guess it does make the experience of coming to church, all that better, but it is the word of God that should be paramount and I'm glad that we're at church that does that. Today I want to take the word of God and just uh, maybe have a look at what the word of God really is for the believer. 
It's interesting to note that though the world doesn't see the Bible as much, for the believer it is more than just words on a page and more than just a book. There are a lot of things that, that, that the Bible describes the Word of God as, um, but I've just chosen four things I think that will help us, that might encourage us a little bit. Um, there's nothing new tonight. It isn't a, a new... Uh, it, it isn't a new revelation, it's the Bible that we're preaching about and I think that's very important. So the first thing the Bible is for us is it's we are born of the Word. We're born by the Word of God. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 23. We will look at a few, few different passages tonight to get us through describing what the Bible is. But First Peter chapter 1 and verse 23... Why don't we go back a little bit just to get a bit more context because we will have a look at some of these other verses. Let's go back to verse 18. It says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God, that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory, that your faith and hope might be in God. Seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now verse 23, being born again not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Being born again, we're saved by the word of God. The method of our, of our salvation is when we get to hear the word of God preached to us. When someone opens up the Bible, someone gives you a gospel tract and you read through it. And normally with most tracts, there are some Bible references with the words of the Word of God written on those Bible tracts. Um, I, I have a new employee, um, somebody that, that I've worked with over a long period of time. Now, he's worked with me for a couple of months and I, I try very hard to be a witness, to be a good example and, and, and just recently conversation is getting deeper but I'm trying to bring it to the Word of God, not just my experience or my church over another church, but I'm trying to bring it back to what God has said in his word because that is important. The method of receiving the word of God is preaching. In verse 25 it says, But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Aren't you glad that, that when pastor gets up to preach, he'll often preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Be, be aware when someone gets up and all they preach on is, is their experiences and their, their own book that maybe they've written, something that they've experienced about how that's made them feel good or how they've been encouraged by something or some self-help sort of preaching, be, beware when that happens. It's the Word of God that is the most powerful thing. It is the preaching of the Word of God that is paramount because, it's, because when you hear the Word of God and the Holy Spirit convicts your your soul of your sin, it's then you receive Jesus Christ. We're redeemed, the Bible says in verse 18 and verse 19, 
It says, you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received from the tradition of your fathers. The church can't save us. It isn't some sacrament that saves us. It isn't your giving or the Lord's Supper or your baptism or your traditions of men that saves you. But verse 19 says, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We're redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're born of the word of God. So the method of receiving is the preaching. The means of receiving is believing. Verse 21, it says, by him, who by him, and that's Christ, do believe in God. When we hear about Christ and what he's done for us, we get to believe in God. Being born again. I still remember the day that I got saved. The day I got saved, I believed what the Bible had said. Very clearly, some passages in the Word of God were, were, were read to me. It was explained what those verses meant and it became very evident and very clear that I was lost and if I had died, I would go to hell. And that was as a teenager. It was very clear. The preaching of the Word of God, I heard what Jesus had did, had, did, had done, sorry. I, I had heard what Jesus had done and I believed and I was born again. I was born again. A lot of people don't like that, that term, born again. But w when we receive Christ, we become born again. We aren't born as a brand new baby physically, but spiritually we are. The miracle of receiving is eternal life. I'm glad for eternal life. First Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth, forever. The gospel that we believe isn't just a short-term gospel. It isn't just something that as long as you keep certain acts, it will save you. It's eternal life. It's forever. Once I trust Christ, I believe in the finished work of Christ, that when God sent Jesus onto the cross and his blood was shed, that's final and is satisfied um, what God wanted and it saves me forever. It's for eternal life. Praise the Lord that we are born by the word of God, by hearing, believing, receiving the word of God. The second thing that the Bible is for us is it's a, we can grow by the word of God. We can grow by the word of God. I thought about trying to make them all the same, the same letter, but I... I went in the sub points. You'll find a lot of them are all going to be the same. But we grow by the word of God. First Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. So we, just, we were just in, in chapter 1. Let's have a look at chapter 2. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Verse 3. If so, be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. We grow by the word of God. I've got two stages that I want to talk about that the Bible describes. There may be more, but these are, are quite simple. There's the baby stage. When we first get saved, when we, when we hear the word of God preached, I think back when I was a teenager and I heard and I got saved, the Bible says I became a new creature. I've become born again. And the Bible says, I'm now like a baby in Christ. Just like that little infant 
um, a little bald-headed little baby with a beard. That, was, that is what I was like spiritually, all right? The church had to nurture me. It had to take me in its arms. And it had to teach me the Word of God. Now, like what the Bible says here, it says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. I want you to think about, you picture a newborn baby when it's first born. Think of it in its first days and in its first weeks and in its first months. What is that baby, and without even having to be taught, what is a desire? It desires something to drink. It needs to be fed and it'll cry and it'll scream and it'll holler until mum feeds it. It's a natural thing and they desire it. That's what they want. You could offer them a, a bottle of Coke. You could, but they're probably going to resist it. You could give it a Big Mac and it'll probably flick it off, off the table. But if you give it milk, the thing that it desires, the thing that it craves, it's going to take that and it's going to use that and it's going to drink that. And the Bible says when the baby does that, it starts to grow. If you don't feed the baby the correct thing, most babies, they end up become mal, are malnourished and they get sick and if nothing changes, it will die. And the same thing as a Christian. As newborn babes, we desire the sincere milk of the word. That's the same description. Just imagine like a baby saying, feed me, feed me, and crying and screaming and, and desiring it and wanting it and do everything until you put the milk in its mouth with that same intensity and with that same desire as a newborn babe, that's the desire we're supposed to have for the Word of God. Now, we, we often think about a newborn Christian. They've just been saved and often there is a little bit of excitement because it's new. They've just been introduced to the Lord. They maybe realise, they may not understand all the doctrine, but they realise that they're lost. And they want to be saved because they want to go to heaven. That's great. And sometimes they do get a little bit excited and, and, and they come to church and they realise there are other people just like them and the people at church are friendly and they start to come and they start to hear and they start to thrive. And that's how it should be. But I wonder where you're at within your Christian life right now. Do you desire the word of God eagerly? Or, or are you just like, well, whatever comes today at church, I'll either take it or I'll leave it, depending how I'm feeling. How, how do you desire the Word of God? Do you want to grow as a Christian? No, I wouldn't by any means say that everyone here is a baby in Christ. But we were at some stage. There was a desperation as a baby to be fed. And there's also, when we do taste, the Bible says in verse 3, if so, be that you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. So when we're desperate for the word of God and we start to taste God's word, we start to get delighted in it. We see that God is good. We see that God is gracious. We see all the blessings that God has for us and we start to grow and we start to become a stronger baby. So that's the baby stage. The Bible is for those newborn Christians. But what about you here tonight who have been saved a few years? Is it for you? 
It certainly is. We see the baby stage, but then we see the big boy stage. I told you the subpoints all started similar. So the baby stage was milk. The big boy stage or the big girl stage is meat. All right? Just like you, if you're an adult here tonight and all you drink is milk, you gotta be, something's a little bit wrong there. All right? We all love a glass of milk and cookies when we were kids. That's all good. But if you come home from a hard day's work and you say to your wife, what's up for dinner? And she says, glass of milk and cookies. There's probably going to be something, there's probably something wrong in your physical body. And it's the same if, as if with the Word of God, when, when you get a little bit older and you start to understand a few things and you're listening in church and you're watching those who may be your mentors, those who you respect in the faith, and you start to get like that, but, but then you keep craving all those very basic things over and over and over again. There comes a time where we're supposed to leave that and move on to the big boy stage. Let's have a look in Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. We're going to read <clears throat> verse 12 to 14. It says, For when the time, sorry, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teacher again, which be of the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. So there are some people that actually do seem to go backwards even. Verse 13, for every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Now verse 14, but strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. When we get to the big boy stage, our actions need to change. Okay, we just can't be a baby Christian any longer. You can only do that for so long. There, there are come times when things need to change. We need to grow up. If we have a look quickly, just at 1 Corinthians, you can keep your place there, but, but 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11. 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 11. It says, When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, as a baby Christian. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And that's how we need to be as a Christian. When we start to grow, when we start to develop, when we start to understand, when we start to see what's right and what's wrong, when we start to uh, have the Word of God taught to us over and over again and our, and our knowledge and our wisdom starts to grow, there's sometimes we need to just grow up a little bit. We need to remove some of those things that belong to a baby Christian, some of those teachings we should know already, we should memorise, and that's why it's good, especially as children and as teenagers and even adults, to memorise scripture because it helps you remember it. It helps you retain those things that you have learned. Actions begin to change. We need to take hold of things, grow up and put away childish things. Not only our actions, but our abilities begin to change as well. We need... We need to give up what we've learned. 
We need to start to be able to teach others. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 12, it says, For when, for the time, ye ought to be teachers, there should be a time in your Christian life that as you grow, as you leave the newborn baby stage, as you start to develop and you start to become a man or a woman as a Christian, you start to develop. The Bible teaches that there should come a time when you're able to give up or give up what you know and start to teach other people. You need to start doing that as a Christian. When you can do that, you're starting to grow even more and more and more. I wonder where you're at in your Christian life. Are you still at the baby stage? Do you just still need to be told everything? Or are you at the stage where where you're starting to understand and you now have a desire? I believe God implants in us a desire to tell others. It may be telling others the gospel that we received. It may be telling others the things that I've learned and I want to inform others. I want to help those, those people who are getting saved and we have had some people saved over the last year or two. We've got some, even though they may have been in church or they may have been brought up in church, as Christians they are babies. And we need people who are stronger in the faith to be able to come alongside them and say, let me feed you a little bit, a little bit of milk. But very soon, there's going to come a time that I'm going to leave the milk and I'm going to start giving you some meat. The Bible described that there are some people who they should be teachers, but they haven't. It seems like they've gone backwards and they can't even take the meat. They can't understand it. You tell them to step out in faith and they go, how can I do that? What does that mean? You need to get baptised. What's being baptised? Some of those things should be some of the more basic things. And there are people who just can't go on any further. But then our attitudes begin to change as well. We need to gear up. Train to what's right. Hebrews 5 and verse 14. Strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use, so you can use the word of God, have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We should, have, we should have Christians who have, who, who, have, who have attitudes that change for God. To be able to start to discern good and evil, make wise choices. I know if I do this, I'm going to sin. If I do this, I'm going to displease God if I do this action or if I go to this place or if I have this sort of, uh, if I have this mindset, I know it's wrong. Now all of a sudden you're starting to discern good and evil. You're now starting to, to have an attitude of which one will I choose? And each one of us get to make that choice. I can't make you do right. You can't make me do right. But we get to choose whether we're going to follow God or whether we're going to follow ourselves. Attitudes need to be changed. We need to gear up for God. So the Word of God is important because we're born of the Word. The Word of God is important because we grow by the Word. I've only got two more and they'll be a bit shorter. Third one is we're edified by the Word. So we're getting saved. We're now starting to grow. But the Word of God, even as adult Christians, we need the Word of God to help us. Acts 20 and verse 32. Acts 20. 
32. says, And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. The Bible says the word of God is able to build you up. It's there to edify you. It's there to encourage you. It's there to help you. Now, chosen CH words. It champions us when we are weary. Do you ever get weary as a Christian? Do you ever in the way of trying to do right and get bombarded day in and day out that you just get weary. You get the end of the week and you think, man, it's been tough this week. Work has been tough. People that I work with have been tough. The things that have just come my way have, have beaten on me. And I just and sometimes you just get weary and sometimes fleeting thoughts of, I can't do this anymore. If I'm honest, I think we all probably get thoughts of, I've got to do this again next week. And we get discouraged. We get weary. But the Bible says the word of God can build us up. I don't know about you, but I've, I've come to church feeling a bit down, a bit discouraged, and I've left a lot more encouraged. I've left a little bit more like I can go on. I was weary. I'm still weary, but I have enough because of the word of God, because I've listened I've tried to take it in. I've tried to discern good and evil. I've tried to feed on the meat of the word and I've left thinking, I can do the right thing. I can, I can continue. I'm weary, but the word of God has built me up. So it champions us when we're weary, but it also challenges us when we're wayward. Have you ever been a process of making a decision and you've maybe been selfish in it and you've decided this is what I'm going to do and then you've been at church and it's like God comes along and goes think, oh, what did you do that for? Like, oh, This is the direction I want to go but the preaching of the word can convict us it, it, it can slap us it's, it's like God just takes a, a page of the Bible or a verse of the Bible and it's like he just slaps you around it challenges us when we are wayward. Let me encourage you, when you do get to a stage where you're thinking that you're going to quit or you're going to leave or you're going to do something that you're going to regret, allow, listen to what God says. Allow God to interject into your life, whether it's through preaching, whether it's through other Christians or whether it's through the pastor or th if it's the word of God when it's used Listen to what it says because it'll build you up. And it also charges us when we are willing. It stirs us up. I've been in church sometimes and, 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 and you, you, I've come to church. I may not be weary. I may not be thinking of quitting. I'm just having a normal day. Just I've come to church. How are you, brother? Yeah, great, thanks. Have a chat. Have a cup of coffee. Have one of those famous hot meat pies that burn your tongue every time you bite into it. What you've got to do, you've got to grab two or three, put it in your pocket. <laughs> 25 past 10 before you come in, then eat them. All right, little tip, Paul's tips from the preaching. 
three pies in your pocket, then you'll be fine. But you're having a normal day, there's nothing wrong, and you've, and you've come to church, and you're sitting there, you, you, may, you may play an instrument, you may sing in the choir, you may be in the pew, and the Word of God is preached, and all of a sudden something happens and you get stirred. It could be something that was like from Fiji. Seeing what someone's done, hearing how they've been able to preach, seeing maybe someone's gotten saved, seeing someone getting baptised, someone's gone out door knocking and or handing out uh, gospel tracts and we hear people have received it and, and, and people are getting saved and, and, and the preaching of the word of God is being effective and all of a sudden we get stirred. Why? Because the word of God is building us up. It edifies us. To me, I, do, I didn't really realise, but to, to me there's like a natural progression. We're born again, we're growing, we're encouraged, we're edified. And then the last thing is we're guided by the word of God. And there are so many different things that I could have chosen, but these are the four. Psalm 119, you probably know what I'm gonna, where I'm going to go to. Psalm 119, verse 105. Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Two things I want to talk about just here, very simply, it's a lamp to our feet. We live in a very dark world that is anti-God and that crowds all around us. The world's thinking and the way it's, it's portrayed and how it's advertised all around us Sometimes it, it's hard to know the direction we're supposed to go because, because everything is against us. And sometimes we, we, we might pray and we're asking God for direction in certain things in our life. And sometimes God will use his word, the Bible describes it as a lamp to our feet. And I want you to think about that if you had a, maybe a lamp or in modern days, maybe just a torch. If you shine a torch out in front, you might just only have one little spot, but you really can't see much. But if you light it on your feet, you can, or you hold the lamp, however you want to, however you want to picture it, you get enough insight for maybe step by step. To take one step into the darkness and think, okay, I could see where God wanted me to, where He wanted me to go. I've been praying, and the Word of God reveals to us about a certain decision. And then we need to have that light again for the next step. And God doesn't reveal every step every day. Some, it's it, it is normally at, at his will and in his timing. But that light needs to be shone at our feet so we can see where God wants us to go. But then it also describes it as a light unto our path. And I was thinking about this, and I never thought about this before, but if, you, if you're in a very completely black room or, or black chamber or, or black something and you use one little light and one little torch and you might be able to just see your feet. If you have that on all the time and you look around for long enough, eventually your eyes start to adjust to the darkness around and you can start to see a little bit further and a little bit further. I don't know about you but just, just having a, 
the alarm clock with the digital in the light, you, you cannot often see the entire room at night because of one little light. And that's why God's word is sometimes, it can be just for our feet, but as we're in the word enough and in the word often and we're praying, we're asking God to, to show and reveal, as he's revealing those individual steps, God every now and then just starts to give, give a little bit of a glimpse of our path further on. I don't think God ever shows us the, the eventual end where we're going to go because I think we'd either get too scared and run off or we try and run full at it and probably miss all the steps that God wants us to have. But the Word of God is there to guide us. And I want to encourage you, be in the Word of God because it is all these things for you. It's there to help you. It's there to encourage you. It's there to guide you. And God does want to guide you. God wants to help you get to the end of your journey on the right path, taking the right steps that he wants for you. Now, your steps might, will obviously be different to my steps, but he has steps for everybody. Maybe there's someone here tonight who has never been born again. Maybe you've been invited, maybe you've come along, maybe you've just grown up in church and you just know church. You know what to do, you know your friends, you know who you, that your parents go to church, you know what they believe, but maybe you've just never received it yourself. Remember, it's the Word of God, it's the preaching of the Word of God. Jesus died for your sins. Jesus says, if you just receive my gift of salvation, if you'll believe in faith that what I did on the cross was sufficient for your sin, the Bible says, Jesus says, I'll save you. And God wants to save you. Maybe there's someone here today that needs to be born again. Maybe there's someone here today who needs to grow a little bit, needs to start, stop being the baby Christian and take some next steps and say, what else can I do? What else can I learn? Maybe there's someone here that's just going through some things and having a tough week or just having a tough life. If that's you, I encourage you to get in the Word of God because it will build you up. It will give you what you need for this life. And then if you're at the stage where, where you want to do more for God and you have a desire to serve God and you, and you want to be where God wants you to be, then the best place is the Word of God it's a light, it's a lamp and it's a light. <clears throat> the word of God is for every Christian, it's for every person who will hear and listen and have what God has for them. That's all I got tonight, I hope it's short for you. <coughs> I'm going to pray and I believe John's going to come up and close out this evening. Heavenly Father, I'm thankful, Lord, for the simplicity of, of what we can learn and Lord, thank you for the truths that the Word of God is so good to us. It's so needful, it's so important, it's needful for me. I pray that you would help me to be able to act upon even what I've preached to others, help me to do it myself. Help me to make the Word of God the priority in my life to be all that, that you want me to be. We thank you, we praise you, and I do pray for anyone who's not saved tonight that today will be the day that they will receive Christ and be born again just like the Bible says. 
We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.